Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Natasha Cowden coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, former Hillsong Atlanta pastors announced their divorce on social media, and we'll have some interesting and ironic details. And a judge rules that World Vision is liable for discrimination after rescinding a job offer when it discovered that a woman was in a same-sex marriage. We'll see if that case might have relevance for other Christian ministries around the country. And both David C. Cook and the Museum of the Bible announced new CEOs. We'll take a look at both. We begin today with news that the historic 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia has ousted its pastor, Liam Gallagher. Yeah, though Gallagher is no longer pastoring the influential church, and I should be clear, he resigned on Friday. Uh, He did not get fired, but many people think that it was in anticipation of um, some sort of a disciplinary action being taken against him. Uh, Some critics are asking what took so long, even though, for this to happen. Uh, Gallagher started with 10th Presbyterian Church back in 2011. By the way, 10th Pres is a historic church, part of the Presbyterian Church in America. But just three years after he became pastor in 2014, he was arrested and pleaded guilty to what was called on the police report personal con duct charges in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in a park. Um, Other reports say that he was having sex with a woman who was also a member of his church. Uh, That woman was not only that, not only was she a member, but she was a deacon in the church. She was also arrested and pleaded guilty on the same day. Despite that, both Gallagher and the woman, Susan Elsey, continued in their leadership positions at the church for nine years. It was only after an independent watchdog website ran a series of posts on uh, Gallagher that the pastor finally resigned, and he was removed from the staff page on the website. His sermons, though, hundreds of them, are still there, including one as recent as November 26. The watchdog site, by the way, is called Anglican Watch, even though this is a PCA church. They also look at other denominations as well. And it's been pursuing a campaign against uh, Gallagher for years and even filed a church disciplinary complaint against him with the Philadelphia Presbytery of the PCA. Now, Anglican Watch claims that Gallagher manipulated and restricted a report by uh, the organization GRACE, which stands for Godly Response to Abuse in Christian Environments. Uh, GRACE had done an investigation of 10th Press, not around this matter, but about other matters, uh, sexual abuse and sexual harassment issues that were taking place within the church. They say, Anglican Watch says, that Gallagher has uh, impeded that study so as not to implicate himself in the grace study. should add, uh, by the way, that 10th Presbyterian Church was founded in 1829, and a number of its pastors have been esteemed evangelical leaders, including James Boyce and Philip Ryken, who is now the president of Wheaton College. When our next story runs along the same vein, a ministry president has resigned over his own sexual infidelity over the last decade. 
The organization is called Frontier Alliance International, or FAI, a ministry that produces media that are used to share the gospel with unreached people groups around the world. They announced that the founder and president, Dalton Thomas Livesay, resigned back in November, citing burdens related to his marriage and sexual infidelity. The ministry's statement said Lifesay will have no possibility of being restored to a leadership or ministry role within Frontier Alliance International. It also says that after tendering his resignation, Lifesay confessed to infidelity with a woman who is not a member of the ministry team. But this isn't the first time Lifesay has confessed to infidelity. It's not. The board acknowledged that Lifesay was engaged in an adulterous relationship with a team member of FAI a decade ago. FAI's board said that it plans to get things right this time and is in the early stages of hiring a third-party organization to conduct an investigation. By the way, here at Ministry Watch, we've known that there have been problems at FAI for a while. It has zero stars out of five for financial efficiency, a D transparency grade, which means that it doesn't release some of its key documents to the public, and a donor confidence score of 41, which is one of our lower scores. FAI is also not a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. That said, it's been pretty good at fundraising. It had about $9 million in revenue in 2021, but it spent about $1.3 million of that on salaries for Lysay and the rest of the staff. Well, let's move on to our next story. Former Hillsong pastors in Atlanta, Sam and Tony Collier, have announced they are getting a divorce. Yeah, normally a story about a pastor getting a divorce, while, of course, tragic for that family and highly disruptive and tragic for the church, doesn't rise to the level of a story here at Ministry Watch. But in this case, the circumstances are a bit different. On Friday, December the 1st, Sam Collier, who, as you mentioned, Natasha, is a prominent Atlanta pastor and former song leader, announced that he and his wife, Tony, were getting divorced in the midst of abuse and infidelity accusations. And what makes this story different is that this news comes less than two years after uh, Sam and Tony Collier resigned as Hillsong Atlanta's lead pastors in an attempt to distance themselves from all of the problems that were in the Hillsong network, including scandals and infidelity accusations by its founder, or rather against its founder, Brian Houston, and others embroiled with it. Uh, At the time, uh, Sam Collier wrote on social media, my greatest reason for stepping down as pastor of Hillsong Atlanta is probably not a secret to any of you. With all the documentary, scandals, articles, accusations, and the church's subsequent management of these attacks, it's become too difficult to lead and grow a young church in this environment. He resigned from Hillsong Atlanta in March of 2022, and less than a month later, Sam and Tony Collier founded Story Church in Atlanta, which opened its doors on Easter Sunday. But rumblings that all were not well between the two church leaders began fairly quickly. In fact, in uh, November, uh, when Tony Collier posted a photo of herself and the couple's two children at a different church, and in the post she wrote that she went to a safe, 
honest church with my babies today, sat next to dear friends who held grief with me. She also called out church leaders at Story Church who had attempted to cover up addictions, infidelity, and manipulation. And then days later, the couple posted contradictory news about their divorce and the reasons for it on their respective Instagram accounts. Now, Story Church has not released information as to whether Sam Collier will stay on at the church as lead pastor. His information and title, Senior and Apostle Pastor, is still listed on the church's website, and he's also still listed as among the church's board of directors. Warren, let's look at one more story before the break. It involves one of the largest Christian ministries in the nation, World Vision, but the implications of this case could impact other Christian ministries. After a string of flip-flop rulings, a federal judge has ruled that Christian humanitarian organization World Vision is indeed liable for violating laws of discrimination based on sexual orientation. The decision given on November 28th says that World Vision unjustly discriminated against plaintiff Aubrey McMahon by rescinding a job offer after discovering that she was in a same-sex marriage. Uh, District Judge James Robard issued a 47-page order and ruled that the ministry's policy reflecting its sincerely held religious belief that marriage is a biblical covenant between a man and a woman does in fact discriminate based on sex, sexual orientation, and marital status. And that's a violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act and the Washington State Law Against Discrimination. In 2010, World Vision won a case where three World Vision employees sued the organization under Title VII after being fired for their lack of belief in the deity of Christ and the doctrine of the Trinity. And World Vision, we should note, has not been completely consistent on this matter. In March of 2012, World Vision drew mixed reactions for announcing that it would permit its U.S. division to employ individuals involved in same-sex marriages, but later retracted that decision, calling it an error. Now, this case is being closely watched because if World Vision is ultimately forced to hire LGBTQ people in open same-sex relationships, other ministries could be impacted as well. However, a lot of legal experts think that this case won't get that far, as other court precedents are firmly on the side of churches and ministries being able to use their statements of faith in their hiring decisions. Warren, we need to take a break. When we return, the head of Chi Alpha Campus Ministries resigns in the midst of sexual abuse scandals among some of its campus leaders. I'm Natasha Cowden, along with my co-host Warren Smith. We'll have that story and much more after this short break. Hey, everybody, Warren Smith here, taking a quick break from the news of the week with Natasha to uh, fill you in a little bit on what's going on here at Ministry Watch. Number one, I wanted to let you know that we published a list of our Shining Light Award winners 
a couple of days ago. It's on the website right now. Uh, it's a list of about 20 ministries that have the top score in all three categories. I really hope you'll take a look at that list and use it as a giving guide here at year end. A lot of times people ask me, Warren, who should we give to? You know, we've been given to this ministry for years, but we're hearing some things about it that we don't like. Any alternatives in the adoption space or in the evangelism space? Well, we've got that list just for you. Take a look at it and um, redirect some of your giving. Uh, one of the things that we like to do here at Ministry Watch is to um, rob from the bad guys and redeploy that money to the good guys. And this is a great way uh, to do that. So listen, thanks for listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Thanks for your support of Ministry Watch this year. And I hope you will use Ministry Watch to help you make wise giving decisions. But whoever you give to, Give generously, even sacrificially, and give joyfully during this joyful Christmas season. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Cowden, along with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Well, our next story is an update on the Assemblies of God College Ministries Chi Alpha. The national director of Chi Alpha, which is the college ministry of the Assemblies of God denomination, has resigned. E. Scott Martin has led the Chi Alpha ministry since 2014. Chi Alpha World Fellowship has a presence on more than 300 college campuses, but it's been plagued by criticism over associations with a convicted sex offender. His name is Daniel Savala. The denomination declined to comment on Martin's resignation, but it did issue a statement regarding Daniel Salava. The statement read in part, we are heartbroken to hear allegations related to Daniel Savala and the pain his reported actions have caused. The Assemblies of God stands in strong opposition to the teachings and practices that he followed. While he did not hold credentials with the Assemblies of God and was never on staff with any Chi Alpha Campus ministry, the General Council of the Assemblies of God takes matters of this nature seriously and will do everything we can to help. Martin's resignation did not go over well with a lot of people who've been watching this situation. Yeah, Ronald Blumenkempen, for example, has been an advocate for victims who started his own online forum called Chi Alpha and the Lion's Den for survivors to share their stories and receive support. He spoke to Ministry Watch and said this, why was Scott Martin allowed to resign? The fact that he wasn't terminated speaks volumes about the good old boy club and the internal rot of this organization. And at least two leaders associated with Chi Alpha have been charged with sex crimes. In addition, in addition to Savala, former Baylor University campus minister Chris Hundle, the former leader of the Chi Alpha chapter there, was indicted along with Daniel Savala in McLennan County, Texas, on September 14th for indecency with a child and in the trafficking of persons. Or let's move along and discuss a story we've been following here at Ministry Watch for a while. The story is one of Charles Randall, he goes by Randy Free, the former pastor of Cedar Cross Country Church in uh, Alvarado, Texas. He was convicted of four first-degree felonies and sentenced to seven years and six months in prison, along with 10 years in probation to be served concurrently. That conviction and sentencing took place just within the past week. 
According to Johnson County Assistant District Attorney Tim Good, on December 1, the jury found Free guilty of theft, two counts of money laundering, one count of misappropriation of fiduciary property, all related to amounts over $300,000. The Frees were accused of taking control of the church's assets by making himself the president and registered agent for the Cedar Cross Country Church. The Frees then set up a separate nonprofit corporation called Team Heritage International in order to move the church's assets and sell the church property for between $1 million and $1.5 million. Some of those funds were apparently used by the Frees themselves to buy a house. Assistant Attorney Good told Ministry Watch that the tithes went to free and he made his life better off because of the sacrifices of the church members. While his terms of probation won't prohibit him from ministry, they will require that he disclose his conviction and will prevent him from sitting on the board of a church or any nonprofit with control over finances. If he violates the terms of his probation, Free could go back to prison for 10 years. And there's been a new development in the ongoing case involving Canacook camps. There has been Ace American Insurance Company, uh, the insurance provider for Canacook, is now saying that they deny responsibility to provide coverage to Canacook camps for the claims filed against the camp by sexual abuse survivor Logan Yandel. It also asserts that Canacook failed to state a cause of action in its cross-claim against ACE. In its answer to the cross-claim filed by Canacook camps for breach of contract and fiduciary duty and for bad faith refusal to defend, ACE maintained that Yandel's lawsuit does not qualify for coverage under the policy's definitions of bodily injury or property damage. ACE argued several other reasons why the cross-claim failed, including that Canacook failed to mitigate any damages that it may have suffered and that any damages Canacook may have suffered were outside of ACE's control. Back in November of 2022, Yandel filed a lawsuit including a fraud claim against Canacook Camps, Canacook Ministries, Canacook Heritage, and Joe White, the president of Canacook. Now, going back even farther than that uh, to 2010, Yandel agreed to settle with the camp for an undisclosed amount of money. He also signed a non-disclosure agreement, but, and that's the basis for the current lawsuit, he now claims that the agreement was based on false and fraudulent representations by Canacook. And the lawsuit and counterclaims between Canacook and the insurance company are attempts to determine who should ultimately be responsible if Yandel's lawsuit is successful. The case is proceeding in the district, in the circuit court of Christian County, Missouri. Warren, we're going to take another break when we return our lightning round of ministry news of the week. I'm Natasha Cowden with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hey everybody, Warren Smith here again with uh, a quick announcement. I wanted to let you know that uh, we're going to be expanding the podcast in the year ahead. We're going to be doing more interviews. I've discovered by looking at the metrics that you guys like those interviews that I do. Um, And we're going to stick 
as much as we can close to the issues that, uh, you know, Ministry Watch covers, transparency and accountability, but occasionally we might wander afield. Uh, if you're a regular listener to the Ministry Watch podcast, for example, you heard my interview with Steve Camp, a Christian musician, but he's also someone who has a lot to say about the state of evangelicalism, so I thought it would be a good fit uh, for the podcast, or at least a little bit of a palate cleanser uh, for those of you that, you know, don't want all numbers all the time. So uh, one thing you can do to help us expand the podcast is uh, refer us to other people. Uh, like us or share us on social media, rate us on your podcast app. You know, those things don't cost you a dime, and you'd be surprised. They really do help us here at Ministry Watch. Uh, the algorithms look for those ratings and those likes and shares whenever they are recommending podcasts to other people. So simply by doing that, you can help expand the reach of the Ministry Watch podcast. So that's it. Listen, thanks a bunch for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas to you as we approach this year end. And let's get back to the podcast. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Cowden with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. We like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. What's up first? Well, a couple of personnel changes. Uh, Bill Reeves is the new chief executive officer, CEO of David C. Cook, the Christian book publisher and music company based in Colorado Springs. And a little word of disclosure here, Natasha, you have published a book with David C. Cook uh, in the past, along with my daughter. So I feel like it's appropriate for us to mention that disclosure. From 2019 until March of this year, Reeves was the CEO of Educational Media Foundation, which owns and operates the nation's two largest Christian radio networks, K-Love and Air One. Now, under Bill Reeves' leadership there, the network grew and he began a relocation of K-Love's headquarters from Rockland, California to Nashville, which, of course, is the Christian music capital of the country. Reeves arrives at David C. Cook at a time of challenges and successes for the publisher and music producer. Yeah, it's had some successes. In fact, Integrity Music, its music division, just celebrated three wins at the uh, Gospel Music Association's Dove Awards, the book publishing division regularly puts books on national bestseller lists, but the organization itself has been in a steady financial decline for more than a decade, and it has already stumbled at several attempts to reinvent itself. The once storied publisher of curriculum materials began in 1875, 150 years ago nearly, and when it moved to Colorado Springs in 1995, it had accumulated more than $100 million in assets and bought a beautiful campus in the north part of Colorado Springs. Uh, the organization at that time rebranded itself as Cook Communications Group and executed a series of acquisitions and new business ventures, but few of them lived up to expectations. And throughout the early 2000s, it saw revenue shrink and those $100 million plus in assets began to deteriorate. According to the organization's Form 990s, between 2005 and 2018, 
David C. Cook lost more than $35 million. Now, the organization no longer releases its Form 990s to the public, which we think is a warning sign even of itself. But they do report revenue to the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, where it's a member. And those numbers show that 2022 revenue was about $55 million, but they had an operating loss of $8.9 million. That is a huge loss for an organization their size. That loss was funded by further depleting the assets of the organization. Uh, and now assets, uh, for the first time in many decades, have fallen below $40 million. And we have another senior leadership change to report. We do. The Museum of the Bible uh, has named Dr. Carlos Campo as its uh, next CEO following unanimous approval by the Board of Trustees. Campo will be taking the reins from Harry Hargrave, who Museum of the Bible says was instrumental in making the Museum of the Bible a reality from its inception to its opening in 2017 and beyond. Now, Campo currently serves as president of both Ashland University and Ashland Theological Seminary in Ashland, Ohio. He has also been an, a Museum of the Bible board member since 2015. He'll finish out his contract with Ashland through May of 2024 before assuming his role as CEO of Museum of the Bible, and that'll be in June of 2024. Now, during his nine years as Ashland University's president, Campo uh, led the school through a number of significant milestones, including the school's campaign for every individual, which helped raise more than $100 million for the university. And on the charity and philanthropy front, the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability released its 2023 State of Giving report this week. And according to that report, for the first time in 10 years, giving did not keep up with inflation, at least among the ECFA members that they survey. While the typical ECFA member saw a 5.7% increase in actual dollars given during 2022, when you adjust that number for inflation, they actually experienced a 0.7% decrease. Although the average ECFA member saw a decrease in giving based on inflation, some sectors did do well. Three of the top sectors went to ministries in the education world. K-12 schools saw a 28.6% increase in giving. Colleges and universities saw a 17% increase. And graduate schools and seminaries saw a 16.9% jump. But smaller ministries suffered. They did. Uh, those with less than $250,000 in annual revenue saw a decrease of 13.1%, which is pretty dramatic. The news for giving to churches wasn't particularly good either. Only large churches, those with $20 million or more in annual revenue, saw a giving increase in 2022 of about 2.3%. Every other size of church saw a budget decrease decrease on average of about 3.8%. So the bigger getting bigger and the smaller getting smaller, unfortunately. While giving to ECFA ministry members didn't keep up with inflation last year, I should say that Christian ministries that are ECFA members did fare better than the overall nonprofit sector last year, at least according to the Giving USA report. According to that report, giving to all U.S. charities was down by more than 
10% in a single year. And who did Christina Darnell feature in Ministries Making a Difference? Well, a couple I want to mention. Star of Hope Ministry celebrated 110 years of serving hurting communities in New Jersey. It was founded in 1913 as a preaching station and rescue mission for men suffering from addiction and homelessness. Uh, the ministry has significantly grown over the years, and this year churches in Patterson, Newark, and Willingsboro, New Jersey, delivered Thanksgiving meals to hundreds of families in those communities as a result of their affiliation with Star of Hope Ministries. Also want to mention that Mission Eurasia is continuing its work to care for victims in three countries devastated by war. They're working in Ukraine, in Armenia, and also in Israel. And by the way, Mission Eurasia is one of our top-rated ministries. They get five out of five stars in financial efficiency and A, transparency grade, our top grade, and a 97% donor confidence score, which is very near our top grade. And finally, AMG International has been uh, working with local churches to provide uh, thousands of people in Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, with food and other urgent needs as a nationwide rebellion is rocking that country. It began in October, and it so far displaced 335,000 people just in the last month. Uh, AMG has a donor confidence score from Ministry Watch of 90 and an A transparency grade, but it does have a lower financial efficiency rating of only one star. Warren, do you have any final thoughts before we go today? Well, but as I've said before, um, one of the most critical times of the year for all Christian ministries, including Ministry Watch, I should add, is uh, right now, uh, November and December, when it comes to fundraising especially. Uh, we need to raise here at Ministry Watch about $116,000 during these two months. Uh, we just passed the $60,000 mark, by the way. So we're over halfway there, and I'm really grateful for that. If you're one of the folks that have given to us so far, let me just say thank you very much. And if you've not, I hope that you'll prayerfully consider a gift before the end of this year. But even if you don't give to Ministry Watch, we hope that you will use Ministry Watch to help you decide where you should give. About 30 to 40 percent of the annual budgets of many of the Christian ministries in our database come during these last two months of the year. So if you're trying to decide who you should be giving money to, please use the Ministry Watch database. Go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. Uh, and I should also mention that we published a list in the past week of 20 ministries that get the top score in every category that we measure, financial efficiency, transparency, and overall donor confidence. Out of over 1,100 ministries, only 20 get the top score in all three categories. We've published that list. If you're not certain who you should give money to here at Year End, please use that list as a giving guide. We call it our shining light list, and uh, we'd love to see those ministries blessed here at Year End. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Stephen DeBerry, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Steve Raby, Brittany Smith, Jessica Alderalde, Kim Roberts, Daniel Ritchie, Christina Darnell, and you, Warren. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.